In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, I'm happy to be back with all of you as we continue our study of interior freedom. And um, we're going to be looking together now at chapter two, which is titled The Present Moment. On um, page 81 of the book, Father Jacques Philippe says, one of the essential conditions of interior freedom is the ability to live in the present moment. It is only then that we can exercise freedom. And what Father Jacques Philippe speaks about in this chapter is really one of the essential uh, characteristics of a healthy spiritual life, learning to live in the present moment. He says on page 81, the only free act we can make in regard to the past is to accept it just as it was and leave it trustingly in God's hands. And on page 82, he says, every moment, whatever it brings is filled with God's presence, rich with the possibility of communion with God. We do not commune with God in the past or the future, but by welcoming each instant as a place where he gives himself to us. So this idea of living in the present moment is really essential in our relationship with God. Because as we become um, adults, we, we have this tendency of living so much in the regrets of our past and uh, in the anxieties and fears of the future. And we lose that childlike ability to live in the present moment. If you pay attention to children, you'll see that they are sort of masters of, of living in the present moment. They are always immersed in whatever they're doing at that moment and not really at all thinking about the past or the future. And it's it's that characteristic which the Lord um, emphasizes in the Gospels of, of becoming children again. And Father Jacques Philippe is emphasizing in this chapter how important it is to recognize that by living in the present moment, we encounter God who is present to us now and giving us the grace to live our life at this very moment or to deal with whatever situation we're dealing with um, by being aware and attentive and vigilant to the presence of God at this moment. He says on page 82, there is something very liberating in this understanding of the grace of the present moment. Even if the whole of our past has been a disaster, even if our future seems like a dead end, now we can establish communion with God through an act of faith, trust, and abandonment. And on page 83, the past is in the hands of the merciful God who can draw benefit from everything. The future is in the hands of the providence of God who will never forget us. Faith keeps us from living as many people do, oppressed by a burdensome past and worrisome future. Living in the present permits our hearts to expand. On page 85, he speaks about um, the importance of living in the present moment, especially when we're encountering suffering or hardship or a trial. He says, nobody has the capacity to suffer for 10 or 20 years, but we have the grace to bear today the suffering that is ours now. Projecting things into the future crushes us, not experiencing suffering, but anticipating it. Recall what we said in, in, the, in the first chapter that often it's not the suffering itself that crushes us, but it's the fear of suffering. And by living in the future, of course, it allows those fears and anxieties to take hold of us and to enslave us. But by living in the present moment, we can find the, the strength and the grace to endure 
at this very moment, on this very day, what God is allowing us to experience. On page 87, he says, we are obliged to plan for the future and take thought for tomorrow, but we should do it without worrying, without the care that gnaws at the heart, but doesn't solve anything and often prevents us from putting our hearts into what we have to do here and now. Hearts anxious about tomorrow can't be open to the grace of the present moment. Like the manna that fed the Hebrew people in the desert, grace can't be stockpiled. We can't build up reserves of grace, but only receive it moment by moment as part of the daily bread we pray for in the Our Father. To be free of the burden of the future as well as the past, we need re-education. He goes on to say, it's better to accept things as they come, one after another, trusting that we will have the grace to deal with them at the right time, than to invest, invent a whole host of scenarios by about what may happen, scenarios that normally turn out to be wrong. The best way to prepare for the future is to put our hearts into the present. So the problem, of course, in living in the in the in the past is, is that often we we twist things of the past and we allow the devil to um, kind of um, twist uh, the events of the past and give different meanings to the, the events of the past. And of course, again, the future is filled with all sorts of fears and anxieties and becomes a sort of fantasy um, that doesn't, isn't, doesn't, isn't rooted in reality. And, and living in the present moment allows us to live in reality and to live again in the presence of God who is present to us and giving us grace at that very moment. Living in the present moment, of course, makes us available to other people. Um, he says in page 91, in every encounter with someone else, however long or short, we should make him feel we're 100% there for him at that moment with nothing else to do except be with him and do whatever needs doing for him. A heart preoccupied by concerns and worries isn't available to, to other people. And this is actually something that's very characteristic of, of holy people and saints. And I'm sure all of us have encountered people who have this, um, this characteristic or this quality that when you're with them, they make you feel like nothing else exists at that moment other than you. Nothing else is important at that moment other than you. They are completely wholeheartedly attentive to you at that very moment. And, and this is, again, the grace of living in the present moment. And all of us are called to practice that. And of course, uh, we, we have a, a multitude of ways in our daily experiences where we can practice this with our family members, our coworkers, um, our friends, and so on. And uh, of course, with technology, it becomes even more, more difficult to not be you know, looking at our phones while we're with other people and checking our messages. But there's, a, again, plenty of opportunity for us to practice uh, what Father Jacques Philippe is um, advising us. So again, I hope this short reflection is helpful as you dive deeper into the study and look forward to seeing you um, as we tackle chapter three. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages. Amen.